if you want to be an electrician, do you have to get a four-year degree in mathematics so that you are capable of sending one email? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Listening to Bill Maher and Glenn Lowry, and on both podcasts, they were talking about how you shouldn't have to go to college to have a successful career. There's that thing I mentioned the other day where if you said the three magic words, learn to code on Twitter, at least, you know, some some point in the past, uh, they would ban you. But so basically, people who don't go to college, becoming computer programmers, obviously, that's not a solution. I ain't saying it is, but just, you know, put that out of your head. And so it's not it's not famous enough to be a phrase that other people have taken up. But, you know, kind of what people would say is something like... uh, be an electrician, be a plumber. So it's kind of an acknowledgement that, you know, if you graduate from high school, uh, you're not prepared to do any, you know, real good job, a job good enough to raise a family and buy a house. And there's also this idea, like, you know, what do you do about the kids who aren't going to graduate from high school? Like, maybe if you can, I mean, you know, to put it, you know, um, hyperbolically, have some hyperbole in there, um, like if you if you could teach a high school kid to be a plumber, then maybe even if they don't graduate from high school, at least they're a plumber. And so I think some high schools are looking into trying to teach kids a job. Um, you know, before they whatever. By the time they graduate, they'll have a career, and you know, maybe even hopefully, uh, if they don't quite finish the graduation, they'll you know maybe they, if they get someone pregnant and have to drop out of high school to work full time, then maybe they'll have a career. And to my knowledge, none of this stuff is working that good. Like, you know, if some state had some sort of plan where they took, you know, all the kids who ain't going to high school are going to become electricians and now everyone can afford a house. Um, you know, if that state existed, if that was Alabama, if Alabama had that plan and it worked, I mean, everyone would just copy that plan. So the fact that no one is copying anyone else means that no one has the correct plan. And so let's back up a little bit and go over why is college important to get a job? When, you know, if you think, you know, you, if you think of most college degrees, or not most, but yeah, most, most and certainly many college degrees, they don't apply to the job that you get, so it didn't really help you. I guess this, this is the thing that gets people excited. I'm going to tell you why none of this works, but anyways, that's the fact that get people, gets people excited is because someone gets a philosophy degree... No, that's not a good example. Philosophy people are smart as hell and can do anything they want. Someone goes and gets a sociology degree, and then they go join the HR department at some company, and they make a bunch of money. And so people look at that situation and go, look, sociology has nothing to do with HR, or so little that who cares? You know, you could... Anyways, apparently college doesn't matter. We should make it so college doesn't matter, because it doesn't apply to the job, and then... All these people who can't get a job because they don't have a degree of some sort, uh, you know, you know, I'm sure they're very talented. The idea is there's all these talented people out there who don't have a degree, and that's the only thing that's stopping them from getting the job. It has nothing to do with the degree. But let's talk about, you know, why, why is a college degree not a useless thing? It's not actually a useless thing. That you can just throw in the trash and say, oh, we'll just we'll just find all the diamonds in the rough that don't have college degrees and give them jobs. Well, having a college degree, it does it does a couple th- it shows a couple things. It's a proxy for other things. Probably, you know, ten incredibly important things. But the first thing about a college degree 
it shows that you showed up on time. You know, classes happen at a certain time of the day, and you have to go to that class, and you have to do at least a minimal amount of work to pass that class. And like when I was in college, I used to be a tutor, and I literally tutored a retarded woman, and she was a communications major. I don't know if she ever fully graduated, but she was definitely passing communications classes, and she was, you know, you just talk to her for 30 seconds to be like, this woman has a developmental disability. A very nice, a very nice woman. But one thing this woman could do is she could show up on time for her classes. And in fact, she was better than a lot of students because she knew she was struggling and she would go seek tutoring, which a lot of people just flunk out instead of seeking tutoring. But so even if a college class is so freaking easy that a retarded woman can pass it, at the very minimum, it shows you that they can show up on time and do at least a minimal amount of work, but mostly show up. Like, I have a friend, an old lady, and she ran a business for many years, and she said the most important quality in a employee was showing up to work, like, at all. Because apparently she had other, some employees never showed up to work, and those are the ones that were not good. Doesn't even get to the point of, like, were they good at the job or not. So when someone puts out a job posting and says, we're looking for people to do this job and you must have these qualifications, when they say you must have a college degree, what they're saying is you must actually show up to work and show up on time, at least most of the time. And you can imagine all the other things that college is a proxy for, like, you know, you weren't in prison. You know, like, if you went to college for four years, well, you weren't in prison for those four years. And unfortunately, it also is a proxy for, like, oh, you probably came from a stable home life, which is, unfortunately, important for someone, for an employee. You know, does your employee come from a stable home life, or were they, you know, came from a bunch of horrible foster care homes? Um, I mean, you want to help those foster care kids and when they're adults, but, in fact, the ones that come from stable home lives are just going to be better employees. And so none of this is fair. None of this is easy to uh, correct for with, you know, the, the state, the school system. But anyways, the other big thing that a college degree shows, it's basically an IQ test. And so I don't remember the name of the Supreme Court case, but it, it, it happened in 1971. And it was something like Johnson versus Alabama Electric. I mean, that's not the name of it at all, but I pick on Alabama because their football team's too good. But basically, there was a utility company somewhere on the east side of the Mississippi, and they had an IQ test for who they would hire. And it went through the court system and got to the Supreme Court, and they made a decision, and they said, having an IQ test is, whatever, illegal, because black people don't do good on... IQ test, so you're just being racist. You know, you're, you're using an IQ test to keep out black people from being employees. This is over 50 years ago, so you know, like Hispanics, Asians, whatever. It was, America was a simpler time. It was just a black and white country. But for whatever reason, um, while they were outlawing IQ tests as part of your employment, employment, um, they let a few parts of society continue to use IQ tests. And you probably heard of one. It's called the SAT. And so when you go from high school to college, 
you're basically given an IQ test. And so it depends on what kind of college you go to. Like community colleges, I believe, do not have any sort of criteria. If you just pay them, then you can go take a class. They don't give you, you know, they don't pass you based on money, but they'll at least let you try and pass a class. And then it's, a, you know, it's a spectrum. The fancier uh, college is, the more selective they are, which basically just means the higher score on an IQ test that the kids got. I mean, and there's affirmative action, which changes stuff around. But just in, in general, you know, like if you just, if, you know, if, if you're hiring people and you get an application from someone who went to Harvard and you get an application from someone who went to uh, Portland Community College, uh, the Harvard person is going to have a higher IQ. And now you can't, you can't give those two applicants an IQ test. Who knows? The Portland Community College kid might be way smarter. They may, they may be the perfect person ever. But anyways, you can't test for that stuff. So you just look at the two applicants and you go, well, Harvard, I bet they're smart as hell. I guess we'll just hire them. And hiring someone, you know, it sounds easy. We'll just hire someone, try them out, see how they are. But it costs a lot of money to hire and train someone. I mean, I think even McDonald's, I should look this up sometime. But I think, you know, if, if McDonald's hires someone and they work for five days and then never show up again, it probably costs McDonald's, you know, $20,000 or something. It costs them a lot. And it's not the wages. I mean, you know, they probably paid that person 500 bucks or something, but there's just, there's all this back-end stuff. You have to have HR departments and insurance and et cetera, overhead. It's, it's amazing how much the overhead is. You know, so you probably, you know, an employee probably has to show up and work well at McDonald's for a year or something before they're actually making back their investment. And then after that, they're like a slave labor and it's wonderful. All right, so moving on. So... The reason I want to talk about this stuff is because I want to talk about being an electrician in Oregon. Let me also say, if you don't know how to pronounce the state of Oregon, the one north of California, you can say Oregon, like a heart and a lung, or you can say Oregon, if you want to get fancy. But I recommend just saying Oregon. No one, no one from Oregon will ever look at you uh, sideways if you say it that way. And Nevada. Nevada is pronounced that, not Nevada. But in any case, I, uh, I went to community college, then I got a four-year degree in mathematics, and then I became an electrician, and that's a whole other story why I didn't do something better. But I would say becoming an electrician in Oregon is it's not much easier than getting a four-year degree in mathematics. Like, it's, it's difficult. And so the one podcast, Bill Maher, he's just... I don't know, he just, uh, he, he opposes college in general. He's like, that's stupid. People should be able to get a job without college. But then Glenn Lowry, he's, he's an African-American fellow, and uh, I think on his past podcast, they're thinking more about, like, you know, what do we do about, you know, young black boys and men growing up in bad neighborhoods who are not going to get their four-year degree, but we want them to get a successful career, you know, and be able to support their families. But so I don't know any black people who should become electricians, but I just I know I, I know a number of young white men who don't have any good job prospects, and so I've tried to help them to become electricians. Like it's a good job; you can make uh, I don't know maybe fifty to one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. And so Oregon has stringent requirements for being an electrician. You have to go through a four-year apprenticeship. You got to work forty hours a week four years in a row, um, 
and then you can take a test and if you pass the test you're an electrician and you got to go to night school also but so i guess to get into the electrician apprenticeship program the first thing you do have to do is you have to pass a mathematics test it's not a hard math test and that's how i became an electrician i was like oh i can pass a math test i got a degree in math but anyways i think it's like it's basically like college algebra one you got to be able to do what is taught in college algebra one on a test to get into the program and so i mean i did all that i mean here's how i became an electrician i went on the internet i looked up become an electrician in oregon uh they gave me some sort of phone number i called that phone number that phone number was like you got to go take this test i'm like where do you take them they're like oh at portland community college this is not a class it's just a test they're like they hold the test there every month or something on the third sunday and you go there and you take that test and then if you pass that then you can apply and we'll, we'll let the, they have so many slots they have a certain number of slots and i guess it's based on your test score i can't remember this part i don't remember but i think maybe based on your test score you can you can be you know one of the 300 people that they choose that year I don't know. As I'm saying this podcast, it's already getting too mathematical. This is too mathematical for a podcast. People have probably already turned this off. But in any case, I did all the stuff. Basically, I had to make a bunch of phone calls. I had to go on the internet, look stuff up. I had to make a bunch of phone calls. And then I had to show up on time at various places and do various things. So I guess you can kind of see. You can kind of see it right now. So basically, to be an electrician in Oregon, it's the same thing as going to college you gotta you gotta prove that you can show up on time quite a bit and you gotta take an iq test and so i used to whatever when i first started i was like whatever for me it seemed pretty easy and so i was just i was hyped and i would just tell all my friends all my friends got dead-end jobs or no jobs i was like these are all white kids any white young white men um i was like you should be an electrician too and they're like yeah that would be great but um, I think, you know, like I say, the, the very first step to being an electrician in Oregon is you have to send an email to someone. Her name is Kathy. Kathy, I'm sure you're not listening. I made it, sort of. Anyways, you got to send an email to a woman named Kathy. So I would just be like, here, let me, let me send you a text or send you an email with her email address. And then you email her and you'll be on your way. And the answer is... Sending an email to someone was, well, no, no, that was a hurdle. It was a hurdle that you had to jump over. And no one I ever told about being an electrician was able to jump over that one, that very beginning hurdle, which is sending one email. And whatever, this whole podcast was just so I could tell that story about how no one would send even one email. But it makes me think, did I have to get a degree in mathematics? before I was a person capable of sending one email. Let's talk about something completely different here. So about 15, 20 years ago, I used to watch a ton of Japanese anime cartoons, um, and they put songs at the beginning and the ending of each anime, and then those become like hits in Japan. So, you know, top, you know, top 40, it's like a top 40 hit is made famous by putting it into a cartoon. And so I really loved a lot of those songs, and I've been recently trying to kind of remember what those songs were. I want to listen to them again, but I don't speak Japanese, so I can't find them. Basically, you know, there's probably 50 songs that I love. I've been able to find, like, two of them. 
Like, I'll try and make up a name of a Japanese song, and then, like, how could I remember it? It would be like, Sasuke no Naruto wa Sakura Ichiban. And I have no idea, but the translation of that might be something like, dark and light with the cherry blossom egg roll. I know Sakura means cherry blossom, which Japan is just in love with their cherry trees and cherry blossoms. And I guess I'll say it, wa... What? No, no. No means with. Anyways, out of the 50 Japanese songs that I wanted to go back and, you know, it's like a commercial, you know, it's like watching a commercial. You know how commercials will make you cry? I wanted to go back and cry listening to my old Japanese cartoon songs, but I can't find them. But anyways, I did, I did find one of them. It's called Life is Like a Boat, and it's from the anime Bleach, which I highly recommend the first 150 episodes of Bleach. And it has nothing to do with, like, bleach that you clean your clothing with. It's all about Shinigami, which are uh, Japanese versions of Grim Reapers. And people who, you know, when they die, does their soul get taken to heaven or hell? I mean, Japan doesn't have heaven or hell, but you get the idea. But in any case, life is like a boat. That's the only one, you know, that's one of the only ones I remember. And the reason why is because its name is in English. And I guess it's why, I think it was a Japanese woman, or whatever... Japanese ancestry woman who lived in America and did the song and then it got picked up by the Japanese cartoon therefore the English name but so the way I listen to music a lot of times I just I go I go find the song on YouTube and then you can find websites just do a do a Google search for um, YouTube to mp3 converter website something like that and so she did a live version where she she talked about stuff before she played the song, and that's that's the song that I have to listen to when I want to listen to it. And so this live version, she gave like a speech or explanation about how she wrote the song. And I think she must have been, she must be, a, is, was, I don't know, Christian in America. And so the idea that life is like a boat is that, it's like a rowboat, you know, I guess it's a rowboat. So you know how when you are in a rowboat, like a classic rowboat? Your back is towards the direction that you're going towards. You're looking the opposite direction of where you're going. And so, because she was a Christian, the idea was that God, God was guiding you. So, you know, your life, your life was you can only look into the past, which is, I mean, you know, based on physics, that is true. You can only look towards the past or you can only know what has happened in the past, never the future. But then if you're a Christian, you're like, well, God is guiding me as I row my boat with my back towards the future. And I don't have anything really to say about that other than that was nice. It was, a, it was a, it's a nice poetic idea. I like that. It makes me think of the footsteps in the sand. It's a poem. I don't know if it's a poem or just a poster. It's, it's basically a motivational poster. It's a classic Christian little parable or whatever. Uh, how did it go? I guess it was like uh, Christian and Jesus were walking down the beach. And the beach was a metaphor for this Christian's life. And it must be like the Christian died or something, was talking to Jesus and looking back at the footsteps in the sand. And the Christian was like, okay, there's, there's two sets of footsteps in the sand, but then when my life got hard, there was only one set of footsteps in the sand. And so he said, you know, Jesus, when my life got hard, why did you forsake me? And Jesus said, No, my son, that was when I carried you.
Twitter handle at Anti Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.